This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself. Change with world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers Radio. And this week, we are going to be talking about finding meaning in your work. So um, regardless of what it is that you do for a living, you are probably going to go in and out of times where you feel in love with your work, excited about your work, enthused by it, and maybe feel flat or um, dissatisfied, not really getting what you want out of it. And um, we can kind of go with the highs and the lows. Maybe some people jump ship. Maybe some people just try to plug on through. But instead of just uh, doing that, what we could do is see how to shift the way that we come to our work so that it has more meaning. And that's what I want to talk about today is if you find yourself at a place where you're not as satisfied with your work anymore, maybe it's truly time for a change, but maybe it's possible to bring more satisfaction, more meaning into your work with a change of approach. So later in the show, we're going to have Jorge Rico, and he is going to be talking about how to take initiative to create a better work situation. And um, his background is in leadership in HR development, and so we should get some fabulous information from him. Um, But to get started today, I'd like to talk about focusing on states of beings and uh, states of being and values at work versus tasks, right? So for most of us, regardless of what we do, there are a lot of repetitive tasks that come with the work that we do. And uh, people have varying abilities to be able to deal with the day in, day out sameness of things. Um, One of the things that can happen is that there are either certain tasks that we don't like Um, and then maybe avoid or feel unhappy when we're doing them. And maybe some tasks that are better that we enjoy more that maybe we'll be more likely to move towards. You can think of that in the same way that you might have certain household chores that you are totally fine doing and other ones that are, you know, frustrating or um, you tried, you put off till the last minute. And what that can do, especially as we start to focus on, just like any other aspect of our life, when we start to focus on what doesn't work, what um, drags us down, feels burdensome, all of that kind of stuff, when we start to focus on those things, we usually enjoy ourselves less. And we we um, are just less happy. So the same thing at work, if there are... Um, 
if we start to focus on these tasks that either we've had to do a million times or maybe it's that we've had to deal with a certain type of person or a certain type of conflict or, you know, the inevitable frustrations that can be the part of any job, if we focus on those things, we might become increasingly disenchanted and frustrated with the work that we're doing. However, if we focus on states of being, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a little while, um, it gives us another way to move through our day, to move through, um, you know, a place where we spend the majority of our time and, and do it in a way that feels really good and productive and, and healthy for us, right? So, uh, a state of being, and I'm going to overlap this with values because I think it's a kind of like it, one or the other should work for you as far as clarifying what it is that I'm talking about. So a state of being is, um, do I want to feel peaceful all day? Would I like to, you know, harness and act from a place of compassion? You know, is it important for me to bring em- empowerment to everything that I do? So once you get to um, these kind of deeper experience, they're they're somewhat emotional experiences, but when you get to these deeper value-based experiences, it gives you a different way to move through your day. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not shuffling papers or dealing with a frustrating person. What it means is that while you're doing that, you're focused on something that can leave you feeling productive, right? Like, like I'm growing, I'm doing something, something good is coming out of these actions that I'm taking on a regular basis. Even if I've just moved one lump of paper, you know, over to, you know, another place. So, um, in order to do that, um, you, can focus on all of the ways that you can bring that value, you know, or state of being into your work. So I'll give you an example. Uh, quite some time ago now, um, I was waiting tables and waiting tables was uh, really something that I was never very good at and uh, my personality is not suited towards. And But it was what I needed to do in order to, to make a living and move through getting through school and stuff like that. And so in in order to fight my own burnout and the job and my own frustrations with, you know, not really liking what it was that I was doing, I decided that I was going to focus on compassion. I'd been reading a lot of uh, Buddhism at the time, and that was something that continually struck me and um, as uh, a way that I wanted to be acting on a regular basis. So when I went to work, instead of thinking about, you know, the, the pressures or thinking about, you know, some of the dynamics that happen, you know, between, um, a server and the, the clientele, anything like that, I would instead think of how can I be like while doing all the things that I need to do for my job, how is it that I could be as compassionate as possible with what I'm doing, right? So then I, with that focus, I was able to do that in my interactions with the people that I was working with, my way of being in the, in the, in the space, my way of moving through it, my interactions with clients. I mean, you can bring it into absolutely any 
aspect of your work. You know, can I hold compassion for myself when I'm feeling frustrated? Could be another aspect of it. So what what we do there is that instead of like in in the end, when it comes down to what we're doing for work, um, we're a lot of what it is is like I was saying, repetitive and relatively, um, you know, relatively simple. Once we know it, you know, whatever our expertise is or whatever, once we know it, we're really just applying, you know, the same principles again and again. And, you know, there's a margin of creative thinking that is involved in it. Um, but it's, it's that kind of, um, you know, it's, it's that kind of, well, repetition and, uh, it's that kind of, um, uh, what was I going to, I was going to say something like it's the repeated, um, uh, easy, structured, similar behaviors. In other words, we can change our job, but in the same, in a different job, we're very likely to be doing many of the same things. Um, you know, many of the same types of tasks. And uh, because when you boil everything down to sort of like the least common denominator, there's only really so many different types of, of ways that we act at work. And um, so it doesn't have to do with that, really. It doesn't have to do with the little things that we might get caught up with and miscommunications or, you know, whether something is successfully filed or what have you. What it really has to do with is how are we bringing ourselves to this experience of work? You know, what is it that, how is it that we are going to act and we are going to be on a regular basis while we're doing these little, these little tasks that make up our life? That's what makes all the difference in being able to find the real and, and deep meaning, right? So. Um, we also want to look at how do we want to feel at work, right? So that's, there's an overlap here between, um, kind of like your state of being or your, or your, and your values to really just going into the emotional experience that you have at work. Then you're in charge of your own emotional experience. And regardless of what's happening, regardless if your environment is dysfunctional, chaotic, um, you know, negative, and yes, those environments definitely make it more challenging for you to, for you to, um, be able to do, um, um, to be the way that you want to be. However, they, um, you know, they don't make it impossible. Ultimately, it comes back to us. And when we're in difficult work environments, it makes sense that we're taking charge of and regular care of our own emotional state, um, our own emotional experience. And it's very similar to what I was saying about states of being and values is to say, okay, how do I want to feel as I go through this day? You know, it's a choice to be happy. Right. Or it's a choice to be, um, you know, caring, which is not quite a feeling. So what is it that you want to shift? How is it that you would like to feel as you're going through all the, the pieces of your day? And then make an effort to look at how you can bring yourself back um, to the emotional state that you want to be having more of. 
it's very common in situations like this that is, you know, that when uh, people hear information like you can feel the way that you want to, you're in charge of your own emotional experience, um, you know, uh, there's often a but, but, you know, my situation is particularly bad or I work with this person who is so difficult or, you know, you know, and then that then it becomes about the outside experience, the person, the situation, all of that kind of thing. And the person feels very stuck and very disempowered. So I'm going to say that even if, right, even if you are feeling like um, you're in a situation that is dictating to you um, how you can be, should be, whatever feeling, can be feeling, I'm going to suggest that you take a look and see if there's anything that you can do to bring yourself back to a better emotional state. For example, this is how, why some people have, you know, pictures of loved ones, uh, a nice screensaver on their, um, on their computer, um, why people might make a choice to, um, take a walk at lunch just to reapproach things. Um, it, there's all sorts of ways that you can remind yourself to be in a more positive emotional space. And I suggest that if you're finding that you're grumpy or frustrated while you're at work, what are the things that remind you to look at things in a slightly lighter way or just say that regardless of what's going on, I'm, I'm choosing how it is that I am feeling today. So that's tip number two. How do you want to feel at work? Right. And, and taking charge of your own emotional experience, doing things on a regular basis that help you be able to craft your own um, emotional experience. Along those same lines, I think that it's really important to learn to let uh, the little things um, and sometimes even the big things roll off your back. Right. So, um, you know, it's like I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Don't sweat the small stuff. Right. But we, it, it is very helpful to figure out where you get hung up and why you get hung up there. Right. so where it's it's the same stuff that I, I, you know, I talk about regularly when it comes to the personal development end of things. It's like, find out what it is that triggers you and why it triggers you so that you can be in a, a much stronger place when navigating the, you know, the bumps that come along during the day. So if you look at your, your job and you look at what you're doing, what are the places where, you know, you like, what's the kind of behavior that typically throws you off track? that gets you upset or angry or uh, has you feeling that, you know, people don't really care about what it is that you're doing, all of those kind of emotional experiences that can happen at work. Take a look at what's common about them. What, what's the kind of the core thing? Are you feeling like you're not respected? Are you feeling like you, you know, you don't have room to grow? Are you, are you feeling like, um, you're, you know, being micromanaged? What are these things that are 
are really challenging you and then figure out why. So that's where you do the personal work. That's where you investigate into, you know, the, the issues that have followed you throughout your life. Why, you know, what is the pattern that has been consistent in your life and, and why is it there? What was it that happened that has you so easily triggered in these current situations? And once you figure that out, then you can, uh, you know, do the, the remedy stuff that I've been talking about on, on various different shows. But you, you, once you figure out, um, why and what it was that you needed or wanted, you can then start to give it to yourself. So if you're wanting respect, like when people say that, like my, my boss doesn't respect me or something like that, one of the first things that I'll say to them is, are you being respectful of yourself? And let's look at how you are and how you aren't. Okay? So this is... um this is kind of like my third tip, right, of figuring out the things that trigger you and then taking care of yourself so that you are better equipped to deal with the bumps that come along. That will make you a lot happier in in the workplace. So uh, right now we're going to move to a break. And um, when I come back, I'm going to be joined um, by Jorge Rico, um, who is going to be talking to us a little bit more about um, how to take initiative to create a better work situation for yourself. And um, we'll be back right after the commercial break. Educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a PhD in psychology, and plenty of real life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesiner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. Hi, and this is Dr. Kate Siner. This is Real Answers Radio, and we've been talking about finding meaning in your work. And before the break, 
we were talking about cultivating states of being and also um, how you want to feel and then learning to let things roll off your back by, back by understanding why they bother you in the first place. And for this segment, um, we have Jorge Rico, and he is a human resources and talent acquisition professional with 20 years of experience in startup, small business, medium organization, as as well as large multinational um, corporations. He has a wealth of information uh, to support professionals in all aspects of business um, in being able to grow their careers and getting the right fit helping um, managers and um, also keep and uh, retain their um, their help. Their, um, uh, I forgot there's a specific word for that. So I'll let him take that. Um, Jorge, thanks for being here today. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so can, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what brought you to this work? Yeah. Um, it was a very deliberate decision to get into HR, but it, it, uh, I guess my life mission was really to serve folks um, in some capacity. Um, uh, I think largely because my experience as an immigrant as a young boy, I saw how people uh, made a huge difference in, in my life in a positive manner. And I always felt like... Um, I had a mission to do something similar and give back of sorts. And so after working in human service for a few years and burning out there, um, but loving the work, but just burning out, I made a deliberate decision to go and pursue my master's degree and and uh, specifically with the intent to become a human resource professional because I figured what better way to impact people's lives than to, um, you know, be the the people person within an organization, you know. Um, Absolutely. So um, I didn't stumble upon HR. I actually made a deliberate decision to get into it. And um, 21 years later, I'm still loving it. So So if if you, I'm I'm, I'm sure you get so much information about, uh, you know, the workplace, workplace dynamics, what keeps a person in the job, what um, has people leaving a job. And I'm wondering, like, when someone starts being dissatisfied with their job, what would be some of the, you know, say maybe the top three mistakes that um, that person might make when they start getting dissatisfied? Yeah, uh, you know, listen, there's, it's a dynamic situation in the workplace because you're not always in control of your environment. And um, I've often said that, um, uh, you know, experts say it really more than me, but I, I love the saying, people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. So mm. let's say, you know, you're struggling with a boss or you're struggling with your job. I've seen folks just kind of clam up and internalize their issues. So mm-hmm. I think that's mistake number one that, you know, rather than um, cleaning up and being dissatisfied with the state of affairs relative to your daily life at work, um, I have always advised employees in my many years of talking to, you know, dozens if not hundreds of employees on this matter, look at what initiatives are happening in the company. Uh, um, explore the horizon. Is, are there some key initiatives that you think you can volunteer for or, or contribute to or join task teams? Um, 
Yeah, I think the difference between somebody who's dissatisfied and, let's say, a highly effective person at work is the person who's effective, they show up. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they know they're, they're themselves. I mean, that self-awareness is the cornerstone to effectiveness quote is my favorite. So understanding what talents, strengths, what passions, uh, you spoke to it a moment ago, the first part of your show, what are your values? You know, once you identify, you know, that state of self-awareness, then you can pursue certain initiatives within your organization that if without initiative, you're not going to find. So So two things that I can hear you saying there is one is um, if you're dissatisfied in your work, it makes a point, it make a point of reaching out to someone and telling them about, you know, what is going on with you so that then maybe you can open up new opportunities. And then also to look for opportunities yourself, take initiative, look for what's going on in your organization and see how can I contribute to these so that I'm a more, uh, I'm excited about my job and I'm contributing more value. Correct. So you might start with a trusted seasoned employee if, if you're not sure who to speak to or um, the human resource professional in your organization. Um, they have a you know commitment to maintain confidentiality. So, or if you if you have a positive relationship with your boss, um, let them know. I'm bored. I'm, I'm dissatisfied. I, are there more things that I can do? Um, you know, just have open dialogue with somebody you trust within the organization and um, seek advice. Um, and then look for those initiatives either through those conversations or by just. Go into the website, um, see what initiatives are the company's pursuing, and then try to determine how you can contribute to those and volunteer. You know, right, uh, right. So it would be not. It would. It would be instead of the mistake would be that instead of engaging and and moving in the direction of something that's more exciting, looking for oppor- opportunity, it would be disengaging and kind of giving up and just saying, ah, oh, you know, there's, you know not looking for ways to make the job work. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't be a victim. You know, right. don't say it sucks and, and then you move on. I mean, um, be proactive. Um, show some initiative. Um, it, oftentimes employees have been surprised when they've come to me and said, I'm not happy here. And, you know, I go through a process of questions. And I'll ask, my first question is, what have you done? to advance your career? What have you done to change your situation? Have you talked to anybody? So that's the first step is looking internally and then um, seeking advice from folks that um, may be more seasoned than you or leaders within your organization. Okay. So um, that's that's a a couple different mistakes. Do you have another one as far as a way that um, what people do when they uh, start being dissatisfied that maybe is making things worse for them? Well, it's along the same lines. It's waiting. So it's, you know, the first mistake would be clamming up and internalizing your issues. But um, uh, the second one is just waiting. Um, So that ambition component that we touched on initially, I think um, that has to take action. So, you know, pursue conversations. Um, You know, you have to be mindful of where you are in the organization. If you've been there three months, you know, wait your time. But if you've been there a couple of years, um, you know, uh, be ambitious. Uh, drive that process yourself. Um, again, through those conversations. Um, 
I think sometimes people are afraid that they're going to look like pushy or too aggressive or that they're going to, you know, I mean, I think that sometimes those fears come up with, um, for people, what would you say to them? Well, that's where, you know, seeking out guidance from either a, a more seasoned colleague um, who you trust or the human resource professional in your organization uh, so that they give, they can give you some guidance on the nuances of the culture there. You know, what's considered appropriate, what's, you know, what's pushy, what's not. Um, and you'll be surprised to discover oftentimes you'll get encouragement from these people saying, yeah, um, really the difference between the the great employee and, and the good employee is the one who really speaks up and shows that initiative. You know, uh, don't clam up. Don't wait. Um, show that ambition and that drive. And I think most people in most organizations, there's plenty of work to be done. And oftentimes nowadays, I mean, we're working with less resources. And when leaders hear from their employees, hey, listen, I'm willing to step up. Can I do more? I'd like to contribute more. They're gonna, they're gonna uh, relish that opportunity to give you opportunities to move up. Right. So um, great. So in like thinking, thinking proactively, thinking independently, showing initiative, all of those different things to help you know help the organization, especially when they're you know leaner organizations, help them be able to move things forward. Um, Correct. Yeah, that sounds great. So uh, what about, I mean, we're kind of touching on it here, but uh, things that people can do to create a better work experience for themselves. So we've clearly said, you know, show initiative, get going, think about ways that you can make your job uh, more um, exciting or interesting or engaging for you. What other things can people do? Well, I, I think the other thing that is important for you to do is, uh, we get caught up in our daily grind and we forget th- about the things that we have accomplished. So one thing that I've always uh, encouraged employees to do is document your accomplishments. Um, mm-hmm. Get in the habit. When you first start a job, document the things that you, um, you completed, projects that you contributed to. If you did something you know, um, really impactful within the organization, document that. Um, if you're getting... Uh, emails of recognition from your colleagues, your leaders, um, print those out, copy them, um, or, you know, put them in Google Docs, uh, put them in the cloud, create a little file for yourself of your accomplishments, and occasionally revisit those. And when it comes time to review time, that's that's the set of documents and and kind of details that you can remind your boss, your employer about things you've done um, but it also serves as kind of inspiration for you. You can say, wow, I've done a lot here. Um, this hasn't been as, you know, um, dissatisfying an experience as I thought it uh, has been. And again, that's what happens when you get caught up in the grind. Um, and, you know, and then the, the other thing is, is that be, being proactive takes a lot of forms aside from, from, you know, looking for initiatives, network within your organization, network without uh, outside of your organization. Um, if you if you are in a particular profession or technical area, there's so many opportunities within your uh, local community as well as the cyber community that can advance your knowledge and your skills in, in that arena. There's meetups for local opportunities. There's um, 
Google Plus, um, there's LinkedIn. LinkedIn is absolutely a wonderful venue to to um, kind of play in, so to speak. Um, join groups that interest you. They don't necessarily have to be in your the profession you happen to be in. If you're exploring another opportunity or another career option, join join some of those groups to understand what those people are you know learning about, what the cutting edge technologies are or the practices are. Um, again, think outside of the box and think about that proactive approach that you can develop yourself. And when you feel like you're in control, you're going to feel of your destiny. You're going to feel more gratified, is my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering if you could say a little bit about, um, you know, what if somebody is, this is all for people who want to grow in their current field and they're interested and they're in 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 some way in what they're doing. But what if someone has decided that a job isn't right for them or direction isn't right for them and they're, you know, needing to make some sort of a switch? I'm sure you have a ton of advice about good ways and, you know, uh, for that person and good ways for them to deal with the organization that they're a part of. What would you suggest for someone who's deciding, oh, maybe I want to switch fields completely? Well, you certainly need to educate yourself about what that entails. Inevitably, if you're making a sea change in your career, um, you have to consider the prospect of um, losing income. So um, there's some realities that um, some folks can't can't necessarily make a, a sea change like that. So uh, I think it starts with, you know, figuring out what you want from work. Um, is it just paying the bills? Um, or, you know, I think like most folks, you want to find some kind of purpose in your work since, you're, like you said earlier, it, we spend so much time in the work environment. So if you've gone through that process of understanding, you know, what you're trying to get out of work, and you've come to that determination that this this particular uh, station in your life is not offering you uh, meeting your values, then you have to educate yourself. And uh, again, there are resources out there on cyber, on the cyber world. Uh, LinkedIn is a great environment. Connect with folks in a field that uh, you're interested in. I think sending a polite invitation uh, to connect with people saying, hey, I'm interested in this field and um, you seem to be somebody that I could pick your brain, would you be kind enough to connect? Send emails, join a group and pose questions uh, in a chosen field that you're thinking of switching to and ask those questions. Uh, I belong to probably over 45 groups on LinkedIn and oftentimes I'm answering questions from young emerging professionals who have questions about HR or uh, aspects of certain professions and people are incredibly generous in offering their wisdom to you. Um, so understanding that or, or figuring out just doing a Google search on, you know, entry level positions for a chosen field that you're considering. And once you do the math and realize, okay, I can, I can afford that. Um, then you seek advice from other folks. Um, you can also set up uh, informational interviews with folks once you've made connections with them talk to them over the phone and get their guidance on what's the best way to break into a new profession. Awesome. Great. So it looks like we just have um, a little bit of time left. And um, I'm wondering if you have an additional 
uh, nugget for people around how they can bring more meaning into their work? Yeah, I mean, really, uh, if you can't find that noble purpose, you know, try to understand, as you've been saying, Dr. Kate, um, really understand your values and, and what drives you uh, personally. And once you do that, um, I think you could start formulating an end game for yourself. Um, uh, I'll share my personal experience. After working in corporate for uh, uh, over 15 years, I realized that um, I needed to do something on my own. I enjoy the core aspects of my profession, but I thought that the best way that I could make an impact and satisfy my my values, my mission, um, without compromising them within corporate environments was start consulting, do my own thing. So if that's, if that's your game plan, then again, uh, pursuing a similar, uh, approach of educating yourself, connecting with folks who have, who have traveled that road and can guide you to, you know, avoid some of the pitfalls that they ran into. Um, but, you know, again, always thinking, developing an action plan for you is, is critical, but it has to start with your values and what your end game is. Um, and once you've established that, I think you can, there, there are resources out there that can help you get to that, uh, create your, your action plan for yourself. Yeah, I love that. So not only bringing your values into the, the workplace on a daily basis, but also bringing um, your values into looking, using them to help you grow your career. So that's, that's a really wonderful note to leave off on. So I want to thank you for uh, joining me today. And, um, and uh, I appreciate, I'm sure everyone else on the, on the show appreciates the information that you've provided. And um, we are going to... Be back in just, or I'm going to be back in just a couple minutes um, to talk more about finding meaning in your work. craving positive change in an area of your life dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected internationally recognized author and facilitator dr kate signer is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesigner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. Be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. 
To learn more and get started, visit www.katesigner.com. Hi, it's Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. We've been talking about finding meaning in your work. And uh, specifically before the break, I was talking to Jorge Rico, and we were talking about how to take initiative um, to create a better work situation. And we ended on the note of, you know, circling back around to talking about values and how important they are if you want to be happy in your life and work. Really using those values not only on a daily basis so that you feel you know, happier, more satisfied in your job, but also using them to think about how you want to be working in the future, how you want to grow your, um, your uh, work over time, your career over time. And this brings us right into um, what I'm going to be talking about next, which is making sure you're loving the rest of your life. Right. And the reason why it overlaps is because say, you know, you, you know that, um, you know, family is very important to you. Right. Um, and, or you have a value of, uh, connectedness or you have a value of, um, uh, integrity or something like this. All of these things are going to be probably in your personal life and in your professional life. And especially when it's something like family, um, where um, it, it becomes, it winds up being a very influential factor in the choices that you make around work. Um, you know, if you have any sort of, you know, relationships or family. And, uh, and what I think is that if you're going to really be happy in your work, you also need to be loving the rest of your life, right? People who, um, who, even if they love, love, love their work, if they don't develop their own personal life, they feel something's missing and, and vice versa. If you love all your life and you don't feel like what you're doing for work is very satisfying, that sometimes can feel like something's missing. But it, you know, if you're unhappy at work and you're unhappy in the rest of your life, chances are making sure that you're loving the rest of your life is something that you have more control over and it will make you happier as you go in, in the day in, day out of, of your job. So, um, take a look at other aspects of your life. If you're unhappy in your work, turn around and instead of looking at your work, look out over your life. What is it that, um, you know, what are the parts that are working for you that you feel really happy and satisfied with? And what are the parts that you're not satisfied with? What is it that you can do in those areas of your life to make some changes? And then once you've done that, then turn around again and look back at your work. See, how does it feel from here? Um, in, in the book, Total Leadership, which I think is a really fabulous book, um, and I'm, I'm not getting the author right at the moment, but in this book, what he talks about mostly is that uh, we need to create um, overlapping wins 
in, in different areas of our, um, our life. So how is it that we can work in one area like career and have it positively affect something like community or family? So that's another way of looking at it as well, which is, are there ways that you can overlap other aspects of your life with your career in a way that is going to create more satisfaction and deeper levels of meaning? And then are you doing things out in your life on a regular basis that give your life meaning, that give you a, a sense of purpose or significance? This is a, a, a need that people have and is to have, I mean, you can see all the ways that we make meaning um, for our world, that we try to give it a sense of significance. There's so many different ways. Um, and that shows the you know, kind of the natural, the intrinsic drive and, and need that we have for it. So what are you doing to bring meaning into your life? It's so important. Are you remembering to, you know, take a, take a moment and pause and see the things that are working? Like, uh, Jorge was saying, are you seeing the stuff that, that's, that, uh, you know, the positive feedback that you're getting from people? You know, in that same way, what are you doing in your life? What are you paying attention to? What are you saying is important? All of that stuff is going to be really influential in how you feel on a regular basis. It's easier to deal with sort of a challenging time in a certain area of your life when the other areas of your life are really strong. Okay. So you want to pay attention to that. The other nice thing about looking at other areas of your life, because if you, you know, like I was saying in the first part of the show, if you're one of those people that feels that you're sort of at the mercy of other people and your work experience, you might have some choice in other areas of your life. And, you know, look for those areas that seem the easiest to make the changes, make them there first. The positive effects then usually make it easier to make changes in other areas of your life that are maybe a little bit more difficult. All right. So we've been looking at this and just a, a, a quick recap. We've been looking at focusing on states of being and values versus tasks, looking at how you feel at work, learning to let the little things roll off your back making sure you're loving the rest of your life. And I want to touch again and and on this topic. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but if the job is not right for you or you're not sure, this is if you're not sure the job's right for you yet, like how do you know whether you should work towards fixing the problem or you should, you know, find another, another focus for yourself. And, um, and that, you know, if you've made all these other adjustments, I think it's going to be a lot clearer whether or not the job is a right fit for you. And the next thing that you can do is take a moment to, you know, get out the good old pros and cons list, right? Make a list of the things that you really love about the, of the work and the things that you really don't, you know, the amount of time 
that you spend on the things that you really don't enjoy. A wonderful, you know, um, Larry Winget, uh, you know, has, um, in one of his speeches that he gives, he says that he hates his job. And, um, and, uh, he says he hates his job because what his job is, is traveling. He has to travel like almost every day out of the year. And he doesn't really like traveling. He loves being on stage. He loves speaking. But what he considers his job is the traveling part of it. And so in his view is there's always going to be something about your job that you're not enthusiastic about. That is a more challenging part of it. But that doesn't mean overall you're in the wrong area. It just might be that, you know, there's a certain part of it that, you know, you figure out how to get there, how to cultivate your states of being and pay attention to your emotions and all of that kind of stuff so that you can go through the part that you don't like in a much smoother way. But, you know, there are a lot of aspects of jobs that might not be the favorite part. And that wouldn't necessarily could be. It might not it might not be a reason to to leave. So you can take that into consideration. Another piece of making the pros and cons list is I really suggest that you get some help from a more objective source. Someone, especially if you're feeling really disenfranchised, to help you fill in the pro side. But somebody who is more objective and can ask you some questions to to pull out whether or not, you know, it, it really is something that's requiring a major shift or just a shift inside of you. Okay. So, um, yeah, I also agree with Jorge Rico, which is that, you know, go out there, start doing some research, start looking at, um, what it is that you can, you know, like what it would look like to create a, you know, a new job for yourself? What are the options that are out there? What are the, what are the, what are the realities of the job? It's another piece of it, which is that sometimes what we, what, you know, the grass is always greener, you know, from the outside looking in, it might seem that the job is really um, so much better than, than what's going on uh, for you now. But when you get inside of it, there's still the same frustrating pieces that are the part of any job, right? So you want to go between those two things, ultimately purpose, satisfaction, meaning, all of that stuff in the job related environment has as much or more to do with your inner, cultivating inner states, cultivating, you know, healthy emotions, right? learning to, you know, let go of, of past baggage, that kind of stuff. All of that stuff is so important to, to the overall, you know, job, um, you know, job process, being happy in what it is that you're doing. And then sometimes, well, or in addition to, it's so important that, you know, if you have skills and abilities that you love to use and that you feel so good using them, you're going to find meaning in your work if you're using them. So that is not to be left out of the equation. Of course, you want to be doing things that you love doing and that you're excited about. 
Um, and, and that's just one component. So, um, you know, when you, when people start to talk about life purpose or loving what it is that they do or things like that, sometimes it can get into this idea that, you know, there's a way that we're going to find work where we're just going to, you know, be doing only what we're excellent at and loving all the parts of it. And there's so much potential for growth in that direction. And, and, and there's so much that can happen with regard to feel really feeling our purpose and our work. However, I think it is important to remember that if we want to find meaning in our work, in many ways, it is a inside, an inside job. It's something that we're going to cultivate at work, away from work. It's something that we're going to put our time and attention towards, not just what we're doing, not just being good at what we're doing, but how we're doing it and and how the way that we're doing it is impacting us overall, you know, whether it's creating something that is, you know, a joy to be a part of, uh, a meaningful experience. Or somewhere where we waste our time and hope to get done and live for the weekends and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, work is such a strong part of our life. It takes up so much time. We spend a lot of time at work. And so coming into a different relationship with our work can dramatically impact um, how we're feeling in our life, how, um, you know, how good we're feeling in our life, our overall sense of fulfillment. All right. So I want to thank you for joining me today um, in, on Real Answers and finding meaning in your work. Um, it has been great to have you. And I look forward to um, being with you again next week. Um, and for now, goodbye. Have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.